first segment of Market Overdrive live from WGN Studios. My name is Carla Mina, residential real estate broker with Cole Banker. Good afternoon, everyone. It is an exciting time for Market Overdrive 2.0. It's an official name, Market Overdrive 2.0. How do you like that, Nick? No. <laughs> this feels weird. It does. I got to be honest with you. Just driving here, I already started driving to the other place. And then I was like halfway there. I'm like, oh, geez, I got to turn. got to go down to Chicago. And you know, you're such a mess. Get over here. And then I couldn't find parking. I'm like, where's my parking spot? There's nothing reserved <laughs> for me here at the WGM building. <laughs> I was like, I thought I had Rockstar parking. Everything's just all weird right now, but Le- we're going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Leave it to you to have a topic of how to create wealth for you to like just show off the fact that you're just helpless. You need a GPS. I think he needs a driver. He needs a valet. Yep. And he's and Tribune Tower, it's not right for you because WGN being here locally center downtown Chicago, mm. it's still not good enough for you because you want your own oh, no. Nick Vimetti <laughs> parking spot. No, we were going to work on my own floor and my <laughs> own parking spot. But, you know, let's start small. I we think are. our WGN liaisons are like, what right. did we do by accepting right. the crazy mod squad in our studios? But I don't think it's going to be a happy day. Speaking of mod squad, we have a new guest who wants to do the honors of introducing the new guest. I will intro oh, my friend here. Let's introduce him. Yes. Yeah. First, let's introduce you. How hey, are you, Graco Bunis? I'm great. I'm great. With happy I to be here. New year, new station, bigger network. Love it. And I'm happy to uh, mention that I'm never going to be late because I live right down the street, so it's easy <laughs> for me to get here. So just park at his place. Yeah. Michigan Avenue. We're here two minutes away and easy, easy drive. But I'm happy to, it, Pamela's here, Valencina. Valenciano. Valenciano, perdón. Pamela Valenciano is here visiting us from San Diego, and I'm happy that she was able to make this trip and squeeze us into her busy schedule. Uh, Thank you for having me. And withstand this frigid, tundra cold that uh, we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, a little intro for our guests that are watching and listening, please. So I was born and raised in Southern California. I started my career in real estate as a lender. And sorry a to hear that. <laughs> very sorry to hear that. And I uh, transitioned over to the uh, fun side, right? Yes. A couple <laughs> years ago. The cool side of real estate. Yes. The driving yes. around side. <laughs> yes. uh, my family's from Costa Rica, so I go there pretty often, a couple times a year, and eventually want to um, live there part-time. Great. Uh, like you said, you come from, and I would have done a much better intro, by the way. Go ahead. Me introduce her. I would have been like, raining in from <laughs> San Diego, California. I don't like that raining in. I don't like no. the raining in. Flying in? Flying Do in something. is good. You Flying made it sound like, in the sun you, you, from you, you made it sound like, sun, you know, sunshine. Yes. From San here. Diego. You, you pulled one of these here from my Can we just get to yeah. the topic? Jeez. So we're, we're at the topic. Relax. Um, I guess the, you know. The obvious, you are from a whole different market than we're, we're accustomed to working in. And we will get into today's top five reasons on why being a homeowner is better or more profitable than being a renter. Um, but before we get into that, let's, let's go over a general market differences. Tell us a little bit what you see on the West Coast, because obviously we know what we see here, but we want to compare notes and see if things are similar or a little bit different from um, where we're at. In regards to a little more specific, like California, SoCal. Just a purchase market. Just a purchase market. Let's go to your specific market area. So Mm -hmm, SoCal, mm -hmm. you know, that's where you're from. So So right now, we're still seeing a lot of um, a lack of inventory. I don't know how that is here. Mm -hmm. Are you having that here as well? Yeah. Yeah. So we did, you know, we had a little shift in the rates that kind of ruffled some feathers. But overall, I think we're still in this, you know, trending the same, really a seller's, seller's market. 
seller's market. So lack of inventory. And how long has that been going on for you guys oh, down there? Gosh, I don't know. It's been a long time. It feels like, what, at least a year or two, maybe? So longer. bidding wars are very commonplace at this point, especially the right property in the right neighborhood. That's it, Oh, yeah. So yeah. everyone's I had a, up. I had one in a very highly desirable area because of school districts mm-hmm. um, in La Costa. I, I mean, I had to close down my open house. I had multiple offers within hours. You know, it's yeah. just depending on the location. And obviously, if it's priced, if your homes are priced correctly, I mean, they'll go quickly and you'll have multiple offers. Now, there is some lending difference, like differences between us here in Illinois and some, you guys are allowed to do some things that we can't do uh, or really? were. Yeah. I mean, there's some programs that existed in California that didn't for Do tell. Do tell. Right. Well, I don't What can't you do here? Uh, you guys have some more product flexibility. I think when we're talking about the niche stuff. You guys have a lot of, well, first of all, your loan amounts are larger, so there's a lot of what is today's alternative products mm. are kind of they in do favor of, they do originate in Cali in favor of, of California creative financing yeah, yeah. They do. So a lot of the creative stuff but has so creative financing that, they're not creative financing in Chicago so yeah I think that's here. that's a topic for another show more right. than anything else but I think that what I, I was really trying to get to is has mm-hmm. lending eased up do you feel that it's eased up so from you know, I try not to get too involved. Even though when I'm in a transaction representing a buyer, or even when I'm representing a seller, obviously I want to make sure that the buyer who's buying purchasing the property is qualified. I can't help but to go through my lender, you know, have my lender hat on and qualify them in my head. Um, but as far as guidelines, um, you know, we went from obviously one extreme, right. You know, you had a uh, pulse, you could have a loan, to mm-hmm. we need a DNA sample now. <laughs> so it's still... Urine sample, dental <laughs> records. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's definitely very... Yeah, child. It's a tighter market. Born, yeah. oh, Let's yeah. go get back to yeah. getting to know each other, yeah. though. I think it's our first time sure. going to Market Over Drive Live for the whole entirety of its segment. Um, I know my friends miss me because we're not going live for my feed. But the rules are the rules, and we're in a new home, so I have to respect <laughs> the rules. Um before we started and we got to know each other, Pam, um, you were telling me a little bit about you, like what got you into the industry and why, you know, you're so passionate about what you do. Can you share with our audience and give us a little bit more about you? Who is Pam? Sure. So I kind of um, accidentally fell into lending. Um, I was working as a receptionist and going to school. And then I, a friend of mine needed a receptionist at a mortgage company mm-hmm. for his uncle. So I, That's how it usually works. Yeah. So I started there, and then I was a loan opener. And then when I was in school, I was taking a, some real estate courses because I figured I might as well get my license. And we went on a field trip to a North American Mortgage. I don't know if you guys even know how far back that was. But anyway, long time ago. And um, I met with one of the, uh, the manager, and I said, if you need a Spanish-speaking assistant or any help, because I was commuting from L.A., to North County, which is quite quite a commute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, I ended up working for her, mm-hmm. and um, she taught me everything about lending, and I was in the lending industry for a really long time. It was a great, great career. I absolutely loved it. It yeah. gave me the flexibility and the time, the resources. Um, I was a single mom, so I needed to have the ability to leave when I needed to pick up my son. Mm-hmm. I needed to, to, you know, take him to football practice. So it was a, it, it's a great industry and it's, it's really a, I, I feel like it's such a huge part of people's lives. Right. You know, it's such an impact what, you know, what we do in, in our whole industry, starting from the lenders to the realtors to, you know, everyone Inspectors, involved. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's a really beautiful thing that we provide for people. I think it's it's a gift. So completely agree with that. And I love the fact that, you know, a lot of women can, you know, share that sentiment with you, what it's like to be a mom and more specifically, right? You're a single mom. And mm-hmm. so there's a different dynamic because you're dealing in wealth, you're dealing in finances. Mm-hmm. And for women to look at other women like ourselves that say, hey, listen, I'm very comfortable buying and selling real estate. Mm-hmm. I look like you. I am, I am you. And I want to inspire you, get you out of the trenches. And whether it is a career changes, 2017, whether you want to start selling real estate or just acquiring real estate as an asset or to build future wealth, um, I want to encourage everyone who's mm-hmm. listening today to just listen and pick a little bit of advice. Um, you don't have to memorize everything we're going to talk about. Um, we wanted to bring a national guest just because we want to encourage people to understand that the dynamics are pretty di- uh, similar everywhere you go. Even though we share different you know, state lines, mm-hmm. um, you are, your story is very similar. You started as an apprentice, mm-hmm. um, and I always encourage everyone to start as an apprentice just because mm-hmm. you learn so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in the business for 12 years now, 12, 11, 12 years. I've been with the same company, Cobalt Banker. Uh, my office is uh, in the city in Lincoln Park. Um, but I think it overall, the passion is there to help families and help people. Condo buying is very, you know, it's very common in our city, in our area, specifically where I transact. But, you know, at at the end of the day, it's about how passionate you are about your services and the mm-hmm. services that you give to your clients. But you also have to know, you know, negotiations, mm-hmm. how to negotiate the different types of assets, um, how do different the neighborhoods, how do they differ, and the type of properties, right? Single family, condo versus two flats. So, just wanted to touch base and give you guys a little bit about us because I know that when I was Facebooking live from my feed, I was you know, speaking to my audience, but now that we're going through a bigger, larger platform that is Facebook Live, YouTube, and obviously our new home, WGN, I wanted to introduce myself like as a newbie um, to the entire Mod Squad family. So having said that, Graco, can you share with us, yeah. you know, how you got into the business and why you're so passionate about it? Uh, so I've been in the industry 16 years and I fell in love with real estate at an early age. Um, I fought tooth and nail <laughs> with my parents to beg them to buy a property, mm. you know, when, when I was a kid. Uh, I lived in a very rough neighborhood, which today, Ukrainian Village is a very affluent neighborhood and a uh, very expensive neighborhood to live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the transition there uh, was night and day to what it is. Uh, but I fell in love with real estate at the transaction when they purchased their first home. It was a two-flat. Wow. Okay, so we were able to live in one of the apartments and rent out. So automatically you become a homeowner and also a yes. landlord. Those are two different right. things, two different transactions. And we needed that. We needed yeah. that rent coming in to be able to supplement and cover that mortgage. Right. right. It's a subsidized So income. it was very easy to do so. Um, and I remember the agent, and I'm going to give her a shout out, Debbie Hess. She's still in the industry. Oh, wow. <laughs> she helped facilitate that transaction so smoothly, and it still sits with me today. I mean, I'm 38 now, right? Great story. But I still remember Debbie helping along. By the age of 19, I was able to purchase my first property uh, on the south side of Chicago. Uh, At that time, uh, there was a lot of new construction development, and it was a two-flat. It was in Inglewood. Um, And I remember the rent rolls that covered Mm -hmm. the mortgage at that time. You bought in Inglewood, too? I didn't know that. See, we're getting to know each other. (laughs) I love it. So a little bit higher risk, but obviously better numbers. The the return return? was great. Yes. The rent roll was great. Um, and the mortgage was covered. As long as the mortgage was covered, mm-hmm. you know, I felt good about it. And appreciation was going up really fast at that time. I mean, I would say anywhere from 7 to 10% is what I was getting in that area. Wow, that was back when you were buying and paying a premium, and then there was instant equity at right. that point. And, again, back then lending was a lot easier, right? It was a lot easier to qualify. Yeah, guidelines. Like Pamela said, when you had a heartbeat back then and a good credit mm-hmm. score, you were able to 
acquire that. But love that's it. where I kind of fell in love with real estate at that mm-hmm. point. So I love uh, it because it goes. Wrap this thing down. Yes, for a second. but I want to know more about you. Well, we, we will. You'll learn a lot more about me when we come back from this. <laughs> but from I don't, break. not for my own sake. I think obviously, we know plenty about each other. <laughs> we'll tell everybody about it. You listen to Market Overdrive. We'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, you can follow us obviously on Facebook Live today, and starting next Wednesday. You can officially, obviously, follow us on our website, marketoverdrive.com, and stream it live there as well. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Thanks. Welcome back to our second segment of Market Overdrive here at the new home, WGN Studios. It's great. Before we went on break, we were talking about just a little bit about us um, because we are Facebook Live for the first time. And so I'm sorry. The producers are telling me to smile. It's so hard to smile with this one to look at. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so painful. I just figured out what WGN stands for now. You've never known what WGN stands for? I gave it my own acronym. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see, and that's why we still we lose so much airtime. For we good now. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. So let's get back. What? I want to I want to share your story with our with our listeners and our audience, um, so people can know who the Mod Squad is. My story. Yes, your story. Mine. Okay, let's share my story. In I like two we've seconds. Shared, we've shared it a thousand. <laughs> I have been doing mortgages for so dang long that I think I actually finances. Jesus on his first purchase. That's blasphemy. You're insulting years, a lot of people right now. Years. I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a joke about how long I've been doing it. 22 years. <laughs> um, and when you've been doing it for 22 years, you can span back to a subprimary in the mid-90s, a subprimary that was very popular in, late ni- in the late 90s, the refi boom in the early 2000s, the mortgage boom, that the real estate boom that happened throughout the 2000s, and then, of course, the crash that happened in 2008. So, yeah, I've seen quite a few things, and it's been 22 years on the nose. I started as a 20-year-old, and uh, here I am. I'm not going to do old. your own math. <laughs> I'm, I'm 118. You're 118. <laughs> so we, we're yeah. good with that. We'll roll you with that. You age well. Well, moving on with our topic, we've talked about, you know, Realtors, where do we come from? How do we start? And then, of course, the lending side. Um, you touch on the fact that it's you know up and down various markets, uh, tighter guidelines now to now very strict guidelines or looser guidelines when we all started. Um, but the fact that's, that there is no inventory. And so while we're still sharing these market facts, what does that mean to people who want to create wealth? How can we still go out there on the field and tell people rates are going up, there is no inventory, but the best investment of your life is still real estate? How can we convey that? And you know, to answer those questions, we brought in Pam so she can, uh, inf- you know, educate, elevate the real estate IQ of our listeners. Um, what are your What are your top five reasons why being a homeowner is way better than renting? Well, one at a time. Don't just run through them. Just give us number well, five for now. Okay, I would say you know, first and foremost, just the stability of having your own home, being able to do whatever you want with it. Um, it's security. A lot of families have been through the ups and downs, um, you know, with our economy and just having a home base. Is, it's, it's important. It's really important, of ha- you know, to have that stable home, uh, usually where we raise our kids, um, you know, sometimes bring our parents back home. So, it, you know, it just it's home base. Yeah, but I can have a stable home renting. You Why should I be a homeowner? Well... There's several. It says number five about stability because you could be stable as a family renting an apartment. But when you're renting, your rent mm-hmm. is going to change. Your landlord might sell, and you may have a new landlord who's a grumpy bear and and really picky about certain specifics on where you're living. When you own your home, you make your own rules, and you typically would have a 30-year fixed mortgage. Not always. 
but that's pretty stable, right? Your payment, you know what your payment is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's tax benefits, right? You're going to have tax benefits. Um, you said not to go too fast, so let's yeah, hear let's, 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 okay, So okay. let's leave number five. I think you hit on the head. Number five to me sounds like you yes. have your own freedom. You don't, especially yeah. the kids, changes yeah. you want to make as a family. Yes. Uh, tear down a wall, mm -hmm. add on an addition. You have a growing family, whatever the case is. You don't have to get permission. And a lot of times, most landlords will let you do basics like paint, and that's it. Our but landlord, you have to put it in the contract. You have to right. put it in the lease. But, but you know, essentially you're saying you could do what you want with the property. Correct. Um, and your kids can do it. You want to break something? Break something. Or you can, you if you want to paint that room pink, you can paint, you know, you purple, paint. whatever you yeah. want. I once heard a guy say, jump up and down if you want. Yeah, that was a pretty good commercial. I remember that commercial. Make s'mores in your fireplace. Walk around naked if you feel like it. The whole nine yards. It does give that freedom, though. But yeah, but it you don't have... Freedom. Yeah. So it number is five is freedom. Let's just yeah. stick it with that. Okay, five. And then we went into, you said tax... Did, uh, did I hear you say... You have a tax benefit. Pa tax benefits. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number four, tax benefits. When renting versus buying, what are the major differences? And for sure, the tax benefits are, are huge. And even... You know, yeah. are just deductions, right? The, the things that you can deduct as an investment. Um, even if you have a two flat and you want to rent out the second unit, you can you can actually use that as a write off for an expense. Uh, the marketing is an expense that you can write off. Um, the tax benefits and then the interest that you are paying, mortgage interest, mortgage interest those are write offs. So there's a ton of write offs. So when you're looking at it from an investor's perspective, I mean. Every time we look at the numbers, right, we want to see where can we, what else can we claim that we can deduct into our taxes. So number four is number four is a lot. Yeah, the fundamentals you just hit them on the head. I don't want to uh, be redundant here, but the very basics. Yes, we all know that you have property taxes when you're renting, correct? We all know you're going to have mortgage in mortgage interest um, when you're renting. I'm sorry, when you're when you're owning. Uh -huh. Sorry, we you have insurance. insurance. None of those things exist when you're a renter, so you therefore you can't claim those particular breaks however you know you you also have um god there's all the other tax breaks that came into the equation here we're talking about like how about when you had to when you turned your home green you got like a tax deduction yeah. back mm -hmm. during that whole 2009 kick mm -hmm. um there's a lot of ways even mortgage insurance, like insurance. mortgage insurance, insurance there's insurance so many little things as a renter and, and i'm not a cpa so i don't want to go on the record here saying sure, you're gonna get you're gonna go and uh, and get some kind of a tax credit i don't think there's any kind of a break as a renter right am i right or am i wrong do you get a kind of well a renters discount? renters are able to write off their rent if they're in that field that allows them to write that off mm -hmm. but you're going to get more write-offs and more deductions as a homeowner versus if you're renting so that in wow, itself interesting Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have phones going off in the studio. <laughs> you can't. Cool. can't you it is can't, live, right? We it are working, and that's the difference between us being like in the WG stu studios, and I'm not going to talk bad about the reporters in the studio, right. but we are practicing realtors. We're transacting yeah. every day. We have a realtor from Visiting National, and I have to look down because I was going to say something else. <laughs> San, Diego, San Diego. But, you know, we are working, so our clients are calling. But I, I will say this. The, the counter attack that you will hear from pro renters and there's a very good argument for those that believe in renting versus um versus buying is well you don't have to pay to property taxes if you're renting well you don't have to pay homeowner insurance if you're renting or you don't bill. have to pay all these things if you're renting let me ask you a question you think that stuff's not incorporated into your rent payment right. you think that landlord's going to just eat that for you and then give you a rent payment that's so cheap that's why the like, rent goes up every year. You are paying well, for it. It's just <laughs> called rent. <laughs> the other thing, I never agree it. with you, but I like where you're going with that. It's totally true. Because you know there's somebody that's yeah. going to watch this down the road and, you know, and listen to this podcast and 
you know, normally if we're live on, on air, you have the callers right now flooding and trying to argue with us. And that's great that we don't have to deal with the fight. Well, we are on it, Facebook but. Live, so if you have any questions for us or you have a comment, we can definitely check in. And our producer is definitely going to be reading these to us. So please chime in on the conversation. If you don't agree with anything Nick says, which I know everybody's going to agree with me, but, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your point of view. But it is true. I mean, um, you know, if the mortgage carrying costs, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance are about $2,500, uh, for the the owner, the landlord, they're not going to charge you twenty five hundred dollars for rent. Your rent's going to be three thousand, right? And so we're seeing that, especially in some of the metro areas of the cities, or you know, where I'm sure it's the same yeah, way. That, that's what I was going to ask you. Typically, what are your rents? Because I know that where I live, a lot, most of the time, rents are are not affordable. So sometimes, most of the times, it's more affordable to buy. You know your mortgage payment, especially with rates being as low as they have been, right. it's cheaper to rent yeah. to exactly. own right. than to rent. Especially I look at today, these. It's cheaper. I yes. look yeah. at these situations, and I'm thinking, you pay how much? Exactly. Right. You know, I had um, you know somebody that was referred to me over um, by the one of the banks that send me some deals. You know, one of the tellers noticed, wow, you're paying quite a lot of money on rent. Why? You know, right. what's and so she was able to see that, yeah, and send it to the banker who then forwarded it to me, but. You're a lot of times, at least over there, you're saving money with having your mortgage. It's less. And we had a, sure. we had a very very intelligent, and a former Mod Squad member. I mean, he, we had the person on our show. I'm not going to put him out there on blast right now because he's not here to defend himself. But he raised a comment in one of our our forums that you know the top one percent is is flying to renting. Uh, has, there's a big flight to renting now versus ownership, and you know. This general show is about the national average. So you take right. the 1%, the top 1%, and you have to average it with the bottom 1%, and right. that's how we come up with the numbers that we have here today, and we're going to get into some, some statistics shortly. But the, at times in the jumbo world, or I should say in the luxury market, um, I actually lived down the street for a while from the gentleman that, was, that, that attacked me on this, saying that it's cheaper to rent right now uh, if you're talking about the top 1% or in the luxury marketplace. Well, sure, there was a moment where I... Remember when I was renting the, uh, right around the corner at, at uh, were you 600 doing, 4, a month? It was 5500 a month. Yeah. But if I bought the place for $1.5 million, paid the taxes and the assessments, I would have been paying like $9,000 a month if I put down 25 30%. So it was a lot cheaper. In that luxury market, it was right. cheaper for me to, uh, when you do some scratching of the pennies and cents here, to be an actual renter in that case. Right. And there's always a special circumstance in every industry. And right now, I feel that in the luxury arena, there's a lot of good arguments Mm. to renting versus buying in that specific. However, this show is about the average, the national norm. Not everybody has a million-dollar property. And not everybody's already existing, an existing owner. It is 2017, so we want to encourage people to understand the dynamics between being someone who's owned real estate for many years, has been in the business of real estate for many years. Oh, and I rented for five. (laughs) Well, yeah, but but you did it because you wanted to. You were in a transition. But we're talking about a a different lifestyle trends where we're seeing families are kids graduating college and living with families. I mean, you know, I, I studied abroad in Europe for a year, and I realized that people were living with their families. It's a traditional thing. Mm-hmm. You don't sell real estate in Chicago or like any major metro area. You're looking at people who are always moving. It's a mobility culture type. So why waste your money by making another person rich? It's kind of like the message that we want to advocate because yeah. overall you're talking about f- flexibility. You're talking about tax deductions. You don't get these 
um, if you're renting. And like Nick said, you know, it's already wrapped into your monthly payment. Your rental payment is already incurring all those costs. So, again, make yourself money or make somebody else rich. Right. And, again, there's always exceptions to every rule. I'm not saying that renting doesn't belong in the real estate industry. There's a definite place for it. So, with that being said, um, I think let's just rehash it real quick before we go on a quick break and then we pick up with the other three. We have number five, complete freedom for you and your family. Do whatever you want, right? That's the beautiful. No landlord over your head. Number four, certain income tax deductions that you do not receive as a renter, right? When we come back, we're going to go to number three. Listen to Market Overdrive on WGN Radio Plus. We'll see you in a few minutes. To our fourth segment of Market Overdrive in our new home, WGN, I want to encourage our listeners to hang out with us. This is a Saturday show, but this is our only Saturday show. For now on, we're going to be live on Facebook and YouTube Wednesdays um, at 10 a.m. So please subscribe to the website. If you hear any information that you want to share with your friends or just keep for yourself, subscribe, subscribe. We're going to have tons of guests. And with us this Saturday afternoon is Pam visiting. Thank you so much for making time for us. I know that you're super busy and... Um, Flying out. She flew all the way in from California. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the delicious weather. Delicious weather. <laughs> we aim to please. Are you still wearing your gloves? <laughs> I just took them off. Okay, we just, love the sarcasm. We've been in the no, studio for an hour it. now and she's still wearing her gloves. <laughs> I love it. It's great weather. I like the change. We don't get a lot of this in Cali. This is the best plastic (laughs) surgery of like keeping young because of the weather. You're frozen. So let's get back to our topics, Nick. Well, I do. And you mentioned something about how to connect with us. Next week, starting Wednesdays from here on out, will be 11 a.m. It won't be. Today's a special circumstance because it's the transition period. 10 10 a.m. 10 10 a.m. Sorry. Next week, starting at 10 a.m., the show will be on. And it will be on live on our website, www.marketoverdrive.com. And I have a little something special for everybody that watches it live. You will be able to react from our website onto us. Tell us how bad we are, how great we are. Tell us how awesome we are, or just tell us we suck. Or if you want a different topic or you have questions. You can actually hit the suck button when Carla says something (laughs) terrible and the awesome button when when Nick says something great. (laughs) I think it's going to be different, but okay. You know it. But you can totally interact. And even if you're just bored and you think that the show is idle, it gives you a lot more than just one thing. No show has done it yet. Around here, no show. I was like, has where is he going it. with that? I get it. Nobody okay. has done it. Is my point. <laughs> and what I'm going to tell you now is, watch it, interact. You'll see it, and be a part of something for the first time here, especially in Chicago, uh, because inevitably everybody starts to copy what I did and you what know, you turn did. Into I love it. That, uh, <laughs> but but reaction, like sir, um, reaction stream <laughs> is the company that we're using, and they're going to help us. They're teaming up with us to do something that hasn't been done before. So it should be exciting. Great. Moving on to our topics, we are talking about 10, five reasons why being a homeowner is better than renting. We talked about, uh, we have five, but we talked about complete freedom, right? You're able to customize your property and no one is there to tell you what you can or cannot do with your home. The other one is obviously tax deductions and savings that um, come along with owning your own property. Mm -hmm. And what is the third? Pam? Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pam, you can do number Um, three. Looks like we wrote down um, stability in your mortgage payment, um, Mm -hmm. particularly in a 30-year fix. So there's no change. There's no sudden um, rent going up. Increases, yep. So that's a big plus, stability. For sure. What your budget will be for the next 30 years. Hopefully pay that down. And and, and to the skeptics that are listening or someone that's going to watch this later, they're going to say, 
That's not true. Taxes go up. Insurance goes up. That's a crock of... I could say shit now. Oh, my gosh. Don't say it. Oh, my God. I could totally say it. (sighs) We're not live Focus on the message. All right. But the the reality (laughs) is that that you can... Your property taxes will go up. Your your insurance will go up. Correct? Well, that is a portion. Let's say your mortgage payment is $3,000 a month. And the principal and interest is the 2000 and the other $1,000 goes towards taxes and insurance. That $1,000 is a third of the mortgage payment, total payment that you make on your housing expense. The other 2000 is where she, specific, Pam hit, a good, uh, hit it on the head. That 30-year fix, that 2000 that will never go anywhere until the loan is paid off, then it goes to zero. That's the only place it can go. So two-thirds of your total housing expense is fixed. For those that want to argue this, if you're going to really scrape this together, you have to look at the, that two-thirds never moves, and only one-third of it arguably does move. Now, when your rent goes up, that 3%, that 4%, that 5%, it's on the whole rent payment. Not right, one-third, going back to your original. Not one-third of it. Yeah. The whole rent payment, right? So that's always escalating, and I challenge people to look at the growth rate from your rent 30 years from now versus that last mortgage payment you made 30 years from now. And it used to be, and I love hearing people say, oh, if I should have bought in 2010, I should have bought in 2011, right? You should have, should have. Now we're looking at a market where interest rates are going up. So now you're going to be like, I should have bought in 2016. Um, So don't wait until it's 2018 and you're priced out because interest rates are too high or because pricing is priced you out and you have to stay a renter. So right now where you have an option, take it, take, you know, take the opportunity and take advantage of the situation and buy now. Um, Because like Nick says, there's always going to be a profit margin. There's a profit margin for that landlord. So if your landlord's um, taxes are going up, if their insurance is going up, then your rent payment's going to go up. And we're looking at national averages in some major cities where it's just ridiculous. It's almost half, like it's almost 50% higher, you know, in some cases of what you were paying before. And who wants to be shocked at the beginning of the year or whenever your lease ends that, you know, my rent, your rent's going up and now you can't even afford to rent and you're being priced out of various neighborhoods. We're seeing a lot of growth in some neighborhoods and it's growing faster than the job growth. And so a lot of families are missing out and young kids are having to stay at home because they can't afford it. And we're looking at that buyer pool, right? We're still working with these millennials um, who are looking looking at this from I like the flexibility of not being tied down to one property and I just want to keep moving and that's it's why a, I don't want to buy and, and there's a place for renting like we said in a previous segment for everybody but I will say this I'm going to use a, an area in Chicago that we know very well the three of us and I'm sure those pockets and those scenarios exist in California as mm-hmm. well uh, a gentrifying area okay let's go back 15 years ago to rents in Wicker Park Bucktown huh. right 15 years ago a, a rent in Wicker Park, Bucktown, might have been $2,000 for a two-bedroom home or less, 1600 even, 1700 maybe 1500 yeah. okay? And you could have bought the place for approximately $300,000, so you would have had a total mortgage of, let's say, roughly 2500 at mm-hmm. the time back then, right? And that's saying you did no money down when you bought that $300,000 property. Come see me today about the rents 15 years later <laughs> right. in Bucktown and Wicker Park for a two-bedroom. Yes. There is nothing below 2500 Absolutely nothing. If you get 2500 you probably have termites or, or pests. <laughs> horrible. Or you're not getting pets something that very you good. don't want. No, like pests. Pests. <laughs> no, you're, you're in the basement. Same thing. In the basement <laughs> and, in the and it smells like mildew. Like, you're yeah. not getting really anything solid in that area under 3500 today. Yeah. But meanwhile, 15 years ago, if you bought it, 
you're still at that $2,500 payment, and you're almost halfway done paying this thing off. It's unbelievable. And the rent is way higher than that person's mortgage payment, which I said earlier is about 2000 and a little bit of change. So you look at just that scenario, a, a gentrifying neighborhood. Rents can skyrocket if you're going to be a committed renter in this neighborhood. But your mortgage payment, outside of taxes and insurance, will for the most part be fundamentally sound and is not going anywhere. Seize the opportunity, especially if you want to live in a specific market. And if you're a family owner, like if you're a family like mine and school boundaries matter, then you want to be in that zip code tied to your kid's school. So do you want to live in someone's attic, someone's basement, someone's coach house, or do you want to occupy and own that entire home? And can I say the next reason why owning it's better because that's a really good lead way. Don't be rude. I have a Don't really quick question. Really. Give it to Pamela. What's up? Yeah, Real quick. Um, so how does it work in Chicago in regards to property taxes? Because we have Prop 13 in California where they don't go up more than 1% from the original. Are you making me want to move? Yeah. No. Yeah, we don't have that you here. Have you have sun no. and you have Honey, you're in Chicago. Oh. There is no rules when it okay. comes to rules. I don't okay. think Cook County is okay. looking out to give yeah. out anything, but okay. yeah. So that's different. That's quite yeah. different. So as a homeowner, that would be a very big difference from you guys. So they can't exceed 1% of the, of the purchase ori- price, mm-hmm. original purchase right. price. Right. So the taxes don't go in up. In the life that you live mm-hmm. there. That is of the value or the, per, or the purchase Va- price? Well, I'm learning something here now about California. Yeah, Proposition 13. I don't remember the year that passed. I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't figure it out. But anyway, so, um, yeah, that's something very wow, different here. What, awesome. what, what's it like here? What it's all over the map. <laughs> so based on where you in are. In the Chicagoland area, general, the general rule of thumb, and we even underwrite our loans based on a new purchase price, we and we don't know what the taxes are yeah. yet, new construction, right. and we don't know what the taxes are, We when we underwrite them, we say 1.5%. That's I go 2% on those, right. new construction. Yeah, 2% but, yeah. across. Well, in order to qualify in lending, 1.5% is the, is right. the norm. Standard, and yeah. in, in some parts of Chicago, yes, it is 2%. Some of our wow. suburbs are well over 2.5%. But they change every year, or how does... Yeah, I mean, you go into certain pockets. Every like two. Every three. Reassessment. Yeah, it's like whatever we're feeling around here. Never doubt. Money. Always up. Whatever the mood money. is, you know, yeah. we need new things. Let's just hit them for three percent. You know, I mean, that does happen wow. in certain areas of, of Chicago land. But that's wow. part Let's of getting that. priced out as well, right? I mean, better schools, mm-hmm. higher taxes because property taxes pay for your schools, pay right. for your streets, sanitations, right. parks, and all that good stuff. So sure mm-hmm. you're buying the amenities in San Diego. <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> we're not. Good. Have, this is not I'm a political sure show. This is there. not a Cook County versus you know. What? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to circle back just to make sure what the difference was. So, but yeah, that's that's. Let me play nice with my guest and go ahead and ask her what is our. <laughs> What are we, third? Fourth? That was th- you were going somewhere. I'm sorry. Yeah, so complete freedom you. is uh, number five. Number four, tax deductions, fixed payments, mm-hmm. and now? Forced savings account. I love it. See, mm-hmm. that's where I was going yeah. to, it, like, along with the, the lines of, okay, do you want to live in somebody's attic or you want to live in someone's basement? Or do you want to own the property and then have your savings account? You're building equity, right? right? And, and as Nick said, you're paying off your debt. And I'm not talking about your instant gratification. I got to move now. I got to go somewhere else. I am talking about long-term wealth, building long-term equity, right? We're talking about 5, 10, 20 years. I recently, this morning, I was actually doing a price analysis or had a listing presentation with a client out in one of our very happy upcoming neighborhoods. It's really not there yet, but it's up and coming. The situation was 2013, acquire a five-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath, new construction in 2013, 
it was listed at 499 and at that time he paid 520 so yes there was a bidding war and he paid 520 this property price out today this morning at 9 a.m we had a conversation at 950 wow mm. that's huge that is that's what I'm talking about. Like, and you're wow. not even talking about for a long time. I mean, people before the crash, they were looking at you closing. You had equity, and you're buying it, and you're having these like short-term like flips per se. But now it's you know, I always say real estate is an appreciating asset. It's going to and appreciate over time. It's yeah, it's not a three-year or two-year. What What are your thoughts on that, Nick? Oh. Uh, well, I got a ton of thoughts, but why don't we pick up on that when we come back? Let's just run down real quick before we go to a break. Number five, complete freedom to do what you want with you and your family. No answering to a landlord. Number four, tax breaks, tax deductions. Uh, a lot of creditors that renters do not get. Number three, you have the stability to mortgage payments, especially on a 30-year fix, versus the unpredictability of a rent going up. Number two, this is something that, as Americans, I want to touch on when we come back. We really need forced savings. We find way too many ways to spend money very easily. Um, let's face it, I'm guilty of it. I know everyone in this room is probably guilty of it. Grocco's good at saving money. Somehow he takes a buck and turns it to five. <laughs> I'm um, very frugal, too. But, um, but when we come back, we will get into the number one reason, the fact of facts, and I will tell you where this came from, the data that is out there on why it is better to be a homeowner versus a renter. You are listening to Market Overdrive. We will be back in a few minutes. See you then. in our new home at WGN and we want to encourage you to hang out with us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. as we go live from our Facebook page. Um, you can also find us on YouTube and our website www.marketoverdrive.com Today's topic was or is still f- uh, five reasons top five reasons why being a homeowner is better than renting. So Nick you were going to give us the top one. Let's not jump into that yet. I think I wanted <sighs> to, we wanted to hey, we'll I just did a we'll really dr- great we'll, intro for that. We'll drum top roll one. that second. In a second, but I think you know number two to me is the number one reason. But tax deductions. Somebody, no, number two. Our number two reason, which was for a savings account, I think is the oh. number one reason most people should probably buy a house. However, the the statistics we're going to give it number one it gives it, I guess, the most alarming uh, and most. It it should be number one for a reason, but forced saving is so is so <laughs> important. And and there's another great article that we all saw circulating the other day, and we almost did the show based off of that article, mm-hmm. but it was too geared just specifically to millennials. Mm-hmm. And it it literally broke down in there how you know when you're young, um, things seem good, the future seems bright, you know you'll catch up with savings later. I'm a victim of it. I know that. And, and you, you have a tendency to just spend a little bit more because you got plenty of time to start planning about retirement. And you'll but make more later. You'll anyway. make more later. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's my golden rule. Ah, I make more tomorrow. Um, but the reality is, is is that, you know, the article is very, uh, it, it hit millennials right on the head that if they don't start doing something about purchasing a home, they have no shot at actually having a true net worth later, especially with some economics that are not in their favor 25 years from now. The, the housing costs might be so bad 15 years from now that you might not even afford to get started if you haven't started today. I mean, we think three percent. We think three percent's a bad down payment. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I have a theory though with those millennials. Though I'll let you, you know. finish your thought there. So no, that's really it. Forced <laughs> savings account, I think, is something that you know we always find a way to burn money. 
if we, oh, I, you know, I saved 15% on my car insurance, so right. I'm going to make an extra, you know, 100 bucks a month. Oh, well, believe me, we'll find a way to burn that 100 bucks a month, like, immediately, the minute we find out we're saving it. So, Let's not talk about the people who are still, like, counting on that 401k or retirement account in order to live yeah. um, post-retirement after you don't have that a job. That is the I mean, greatest, other greatest mm-hmm. forced savings account. 401ks. Oh, wait, what? 401ks. <laughs> you just do it because you forcefully, okay, I have to take it out. I need to have some for retirement. 6%. And then you can't go right. tap it, really. I mean, you right. can, but it's it's not cost effective if you right. tap your 401k. You've got to borrow but, against it. But if you ask any senior citizen, they're grateful they had it. Right. Yeah. I actually purchased my first home at 23, and I took a hardship withdrawal from my 401k, mm-hmm. and that was what I used for my down payment. And when you use your 401k, um, funds as a hardship, which it's you're buying a home. Right, you're borrowing money from ta- yourself. You're not taxed. You're not you're not penalized for that. Like if you were just to take it out because you need it. Exactly. Um, so it's really great, and I'm glad we're talking about that because I think a lot of people after the crash, most people, if you didn't learn the first time, you certainly learned the second time around. And I've noticed just in our industry and people that are in my life, they're not. They're making money. They're doing like you know things are going again, and they're not out spending it. They're a little more frugal. They're yeah. a little more cautious. Mm-hmm. I can speak like uh, my son. He's twenty one, and he's been you know putting in his four hundred one k for the past year, Love which is it. something that's you know I did that. I think mm-hmm. you know you learn from what you what you're taught, but it is very very important, and it is a tool for homeownership. Right as well. And I like the fact that you say that you're borrowing against it, but you're not penalized. Or exactly. Penal- because you are, if you're borrowing from someone else, right, your down payment. And you can use that? Yes, you can. Um, withdrawing from the 401k and for medical reasons, you mm-hmm. won't be penalized as far as taxes. But a lender's not going to frown upon that to structure no, a loan. No, 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 no. But one thing, mm-hmm. I, d- I did a few millennial loans this past year. And what I noticed is that they save, they stack mm-hmm. money. Right? That's true. Nick. So here's we saw twenty percent down loan, right, you know, right. loan programs for millennials. A lot of those guys came in at twenty percent down, ten mm-hmm. percent yeah. down, hefty right. down payments. So now they're you know they're dumping a good amount of equity mm-hmm. into the property, and you know, they're building. You made the comment about how are they going to be able to build wealth? Well, I think they're just going to be a little bit slower. So we're going to see a boom for them in the next maybe three to five years. Mm-hmm. I think the millennials will run a good purchase market where they're doing hefty down payments versus when we bought, we were buying with lower down payments, zero down. I know when I bought my Creative home, financing, I bought 0% yep. right. down, right? Mm-hmm. right? It was available to me. So these guys, I think, will enter the market a little bit slower, but with a heftier down payment. Which is good. Which is we great. always advocate for that. So then can we move on to our number one? Yep. Absolutely. And what is that? Ready for the drum roll? Yeah, what is it? He could never let me do anything exciting. Why does he got to be you don't have any drum? exciting ideas. Hey, what does WGN stand for? One more time. World's we good greatest. Now. We good now. We good now. It's I all about the... you. Go. Not from me, but I will tell you where I got this info from. Every three years, the Federal Reserve conducts a survey of consumer finances in which they collect data across all economic and social groups. All. Not the top 1%. <laughs> Not the bottom 1%. All. Kevin, I just want to say Kevin, I love that's, you. <laughs> that's against you, buddy. The latest service, which includes data from 2010 till 2013, <laughs> reports that homeowners net worth is 36 times. This is a t- 2013 report, by the way. 30, back then, 36 times greater than that of a renter, which is $194,000 of a net worth, one ninety four five hundred to be exact, versus... A renter's average net worth of fifty four hundred. Wow, that's a that's a one hundred ninety four thousand. One hundred ninety four thousand versus 
5400. Like, if you don't there. like what you heard here, you don't want to agree with me, you, you don't think have I'm to. lying to you, you know what? Do yourself a favor, Google it, put it up. Federal Reserve Census, it's also been published by the National Association of Realtors. Um, it was in a Forbes article. This isn't something we just made up to fluff a show. It's a fact. And now, by the way, I did find another one. I just didn't have as good as a source recently that had a 45 times higher. Because now we're talking about numbers that I just gave you from a 2010 till 13 census. What happened from 13 to exactly this minute when it came to homeowners? There was an equity soar. No one was There's an equity there soar. There's yeah. an equity soar. Everybody was. The last three sales. years have been the best market we've had since, from right. appreciation standpoint, since 2006. So that equity. number is substantially higher than it was back in 13. So go ahead, those that want to. But that's argue, why we're always saying real estate is you know, an you know appreciating asset, but it's not over one month or two months or a year. It's, it's over time. Wealth. The people who are sitting pretty in 2010 and they could afford to keep it. Obviously, I'm not gonna bash you know anyone who went through a hardship. There was unemployment and financial hardship was a real thing. Um, you can control those numbers, but look at us now. Those people who acquire assets in 2010, 2011, who are now flipping and creating so much money, or my client who bought in 2013 at a discount and it's now selling at a premium market he's young kid as well so look at us now <laughs> we good now. We good now. Radio. We good, we good now. Radio. We went that from like. <laughs> I love it. But that's part of what market overdrive is. We're talking about real estate trends and market trends. But you're getting the information from professionals who are transacting every day. We're not here reporting the information. It's firsthand information about what our clients are really doing. So if you want the same for yourself, a friend, share information, hang out with us, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and of course our website marketoverdrive.com. Don't keep us a secret. Share the knowledge and elevate your real estate IQ with Market Overdrive and your Mod Squad. Market Overdrive will be on marketoverdrive.com Wednesday at 10 a.m. And that's where you'll see us from now on. It'll be streaming live, video, audio, however you want to watch it, listen to it, and of course, interact with our friends from Reaction Stream. It's going to be a really cool website. Um, We'll be here in the studios. Obviously, this being our first show, also being on a Saturday, a lot of kinks to work out. I think, you know, doing the Facebook Live thing is nice. But it's not what we're used to. I think that it'll be a much more, uh, it'll be a more fun experience f- directly from our website moving forward. Um, but like she said, you want our shows archived, they'll be there for you. YouTube is new to us. We were pretty lazy. We stuck with Facebook and social and uh, Twitter for the most part. And we're still there. Facebook, Twitter, and all those other fun ones. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you can always have this show to go back to. And I think the lesson learned here we, as we do a wrap-up, and we're going to let our guest do a wrap up i don't know what your favorite one of those five was um is it the net worth at the end or is it whatever it is but give you us know, your take on the i wrap love up. the i'm a family girl i love you know having a stable place for my son painting the walls blue or green or purple obviously um as he's now older and, and out of the house it changes but i think it's all seasonal at the end of the day we all want to have wealth and sub- stability and leave a legacy to our kids mm-hmm. um our family however you know some people don't have 21 year olds <laughs> but um but it is um i think altogether it's 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 important and i think it's really important to you know find the right people to work with like yourselves mm-hmm. like us that are um, successful that have been in the business a long time that have access to the right information and, and really just taking a risk when I, I was even afraid my first time buying. And I was already in the industry. I already knew what it looked right. like. And I was still, still signing loan docs thinking, 
oh my gosh, this gives is, you a little I'm bit more nervous. appreciation for what the clients yeah. are going through Absolutely. the whole time. Absolutely, right, right. you know, yeah. having been on both sides, I can relate to both, and I think that's really important. I did forget to mention in my intro. Um, I'm not. I'm sure you're all very familiar because our national president is from Chicago. But I'm also on the national board of directors. I was wondering when that was going to come up with NAREP, the National yeah. Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. So they're doing a lot with um, the Hispanic Wealth Project. I don't know if you're aware of that. We're having our first um, wealth project um, in Orange County next weekend or next Monday. I think it's a holiday. So um, being heavily involved in that, learn as much as you can from every source mm-hmm. um, available. And I mean, that's, that's been a huge uh, contribution to my business is being aligned with NAREP because they are uh, very politically savvy. They're involved in our communities and, um, and that's been really helpful. Uh, and just from a giving back perspective, just giving back, and and I think that's really important. So, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's been a lovely lot of fun. having you. Sorry, the weather did not I, was not as warm as our welcome. It's okay, I love <laughs> it. Every time I've been here, it's been warm. This is my first time experiencing a little chill. So, thank you. I appreciate you guys Absolutely. inviting me and having me on. You guys are doing great things, and I'm very excited for you. Thank you. It is our goal to take it from, you know, the local groups, uh, NAREP, and here we have YPN, and of course, WCR, Women Council of Realtors, taking it from there, from the industry, um, giving it accessibility to you, our consumer, our listener, our friends who want to elevate your real estate IQ, and that's what we do. We bring in guests like Pam, who is savvy, she's passionate, and she cares, and she comes from a place of a mom um, who has built this wealth, not just for herself, but for her son, and I want to take it further, right? We encourage you to do it for your children's children. That's mm-hmm. legacy, and we don't hear that very often. But it's a wrap. I love it. First segment here, WGN. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> the Mod you. Squad wants to shoot a special shout-out. and thank Now, shout-out, you're in the studio with us, but a special thank you to Pamela Valenciano for coming in. Uh, obviously, that is Graco Funas from I Loan Home Mortgage. That is Carla Mina from God knows where. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Carl <Caldwell laughs> Baker. My, oh. my name is Nick Mametti. You've been listening to the Market Overdrive. L- here, located now at WGN, which stands for We Good Now. <laughs> uh, and more importantly, so 10 a.m. on Wednesday, you will have us live on our website. So listen up and view us live at www.marketoverdrive.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, but we will be going live from now on directly from the site. And, of course, subscriptions. You can subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, and WGNRadio.com has uh, podcasts available for those who want to listen to the shows. Cleaned up, nice and edited, and very simple. So, hopefully you had fun. Hopefully you learned something, and we have some more fun stuff coming up next week. See you then.